Welcome to HeyYA Extra Credit. Every two weeks, opposite the main HeyYA podcast, we offer a short-form episode with interviews, backlist highlights, or other tidbits from the YA world. I'm Sarah Hannah Gomez. This is episode 95 and a half, and I'm recording on June 13th, 2021. And today I have a guest because that makes HeyYA Extra Credit so much more fun. And my guest is M. Dixon. Welcome, M. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm Emily Dixon, better known as M. I use she or they or e or a pronouns pretty interchangeably. Um, I'm an agent assistant at Bradford Literary, MA MFA candidate in Children's Lit at Simmons, and co-founder of Pronouns May Vary, a new inclusive coalition of gender diverse people in Kidlet hoping to provide resources and support to the greater gender diverse Kidlet community. That is such a good movement, and I'm so glad you told me about it because I immediately followed you guys on Twitter yesterday. I'm so glad. I'm I'm pumped. I am pumped. It's going to be good work. I can tell. It's going to be really, <laughs> really good work. So I'm excited that you could come on this show, mostly because you gave me the topic idea. <laughs> and I like the way you gave me the idea because it was stuff I'd kind of like thought about ish or like turned mm-hmm. over in my mind but like you gave me an immediate like oh this is like a thematic link for all of these <laughs> things well if i'm being honest it's, it's somewhat related to my independent study so that's that's why i was thinking about it i'll take it sometimes you just need other ideas and i have been too drained to come up with my own ideas so what do i do i call on a student <laughs> you have quite a lot going on so i think that's okay So we are going to talk about shape-shifting and near-humans or half-humans or other such things and all of the ways those can be queer. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Tell Me When You Feel Something by Vicki Grant. It seemed like a cool part-time program, being a simulated patient for med school students to practice on. But now Viv lies in a very real coma. Through intertwining and conflicting narratives, a twisted story unfolds of trust betrayed as we sift through events leading up to the tragic night. Everyone has something to hide and no one is safe in this contemporary YA thriller that exposes the dark reality of hashtag me too in the world of medicine for fans of Karen McManus and Holly Jackson. But thank you to Tell Me When You Feel Something by Vicki Grant. I just shivered a little bit there listening to that. That's an intense subject. That's, I mean, it's multiple intense subjects, actually. It's very <laughs> intense. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like I will be looking that up on Goodreads. Anyway, shape-shifting or, you know, half-human, half-other thing creatures. Yep. Do you want to tell listeners kind of your quick thesis here to this subject? Because I'm not doing a good job explaining it. Sure. So what I'm doing with a bit of an independent study is talking about ghosts as non-binary and ghosts as theoretically non-binary rather than having that gender identity because you know they exist outside the binary of life and death and so I'm playing around with that there and I'm trying to mostly um, as much as possible talk about books by gender diverse creators but that's led me to be thinking more about general sort of supernatural mythical beings so not just ghosts, but selkies and vampires and werewolves and mermaids and other shapeshifters and how monstrous bodies have traditionally been seen as queer in a lot of ways. And so what that looks like now, I guess. So basically the inter- the interplay with gender and various 
supernatural mythical beings. I mean, it makes a lot of sense when you think about how many texts, you know, people are like, oh, this was actually queer the whole time. We just were told it was vampires or whatever. (laughs) Like, I guess Anne Rice just made an Instagram for Lestat and was like, happy pride. And everyone was like, see. (laughs) That's like the general refrain of my life. Like looking back at my childhood or anything that I've done in the past, like, oh, they were non-binary all along. (laughs) Turned out everyone was queer. What a surprise. <laughs> shocking, shocking. So we decided kind of by accident to just talk about graphic novels today because we were spitballing titles and they kept all being comics. So, Yes, a couple of novels came up, but so many graphic novels came up. I was like, ooh, ooh, interesting. Because that's such an interesting challenge for an artist, right? I mean, you can just write like a werewolf, but when you have to draw it, you have to decide, is it going to be like kind of cartoonish or is it going to be like a very, you know, like I like thinking about Mm -hmm. like sci-fi TV series with things like that. And just the way like a thing would have been shot in the 90s versus in the 2000s Mm -hmm. versus the 2010s. Like if you look at like Buffy werewolf versus even Angel a few years Mm -hmm. later and the werewolves in there, you're like, oh, yes, costuming and special effects and makeup got better. (laughs) And then my teen wolf. Right, yeah. So yeah, it gives you an interesting kind of, an interesting challenge because you can't leave it to readers' imaginations Mm -hmm. and then you have to decide how human or how monstrous or how cartoonish something's going to be. Yep, especially in terms of portraying with shapeshifters, the actual transformations themselves. Like, do you just, see them when they're either human or non-human, but not the in-between process? Like, how do you make that decision? Obviously, you do what Animorphs covers did. (laughs) Those (laughs) terrified me. I was not a fan. I did not like those. Everyone has such good memories. And I'm like, I looked at those and they just made me really anxious. There's a lot of body horror going on there that I was not about. (laughs) Yeah, I never read an Animorphs, and I never read a Goosebumps, actually, until I was proofreading a Goosebumps audiobook like a year ago. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, and I, don't, I still haven't read any Goosebumps. The only sort of children's books I read that were, these weren't even spooky, they were more like spooky, like Scooby-Doo level, were like the Bailey School Kids, <gasps> that chapter book series. Oh, like mermaids don't blah, 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 werewolves don't yeah. blah, 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 those were clever. Werewolves covered. don't teach third grade, or werewolves don't drive a, a motorcycle mm-hmm. totally they totally do werewolves are like the epitome of the driving a motorcycle vibe first of all well yeah did you see that meme that was i don't even remember where but someone had like put a bunch of the the book covers from this because they're fantastically <laughs> 90s and someone was like yeah these were the gayest books ever and none of us realized it at a time and it's true like they are so queer those covers well, actually i think i saw something recently that they're reissuing the Bailey school kids books as graphic novels <gasps> i could have totally made that up but i'm somehow convinced of it and we're gonna have to google it to find out but if yes. they do that if they haven't done that, they should. So if anyone's listening that whatever the publisher is that um, has the rights to those, you should do that. They really should. But then they have to contend with how ridiculous do I want these to go? Very ridiculous. It's been a, mi- a minute since I read these, but I feel like they weren't like campy that they were like... They were totally campy. Were they? Okay. I don't remember. I mean, like, I didn't really, you know, understand campiness of, you know, and it being a thing as a child. But like, I feel like looking back, they're totally campy. And now I'm going to have to like, go reread them and see what I see. I'm actually, so I'm at my grandma's house in Massachusetts. And actually, the local library here is where I always got those books from. And I'm pretty sure they still have them, (gasps) like the same copies from my childhood. 
Oh my god, these are so great. I'm just looking at this carousel of covers. <laughs> and like, they're very queer. Skeletons don't play tubas. Dracula doesn't drink lemonade. Zombies don't play soccer. <laughs> Zombies would be very bad soccer players. They would be very slow. Leprechauns don't play basketball. Mermaids don't run track. <laughs> well, I can see where that would be a problem. True. Dragons don't cook pizza. I actually remember that one. <laughs> Wizards don't need computers. Ugh. That's going to be its own fun thing, but <laughs> back to YA. Yeah, back to YA, back to YA. So, oh, you and I were both talking about The Girl from the Sea by Molly Ostertag, yes. which comes out next. It's no, it already came out. It just came out because I have a copy right here in my hands. You're right, June 1st. Yeah. Okay, question. Did you have an arc or the final copy? Both. So, haha. Okay, so... I read the arc and I don't know whether the colors, like you're going to have to explain color because I think use of yeah. color is important, but arcs sometimes just aren't fully colored because yeah. that's expensive. It is very expensive. Yes. I read the arc. I read it in Galley and then I also had pre-ordered it because I wanted to see it, it full color when it came out. And it's it's basically exactly the vibes that you'd expect and that you'd hope for. There's a lot of those teals and pinks that are on the cover. But there's also some, you know, other stuff going on. But it's very bright and colorful without, like, being in your face, vibrant neon. But it's it's very, very colorful. It definitely vibes with the with the cover art, for sure. Oh, good. I'm very into it. I liked it. I've always been... I mean, I think it's weird because people know that I do a lot of like realistic fiction and historical fiction, but I have always been rather partial to, you know, magical sea creatures and witches. I just... Same. I'm Same. in the like TGIF Sabrina type of witch, yep. not the like Netflix chilling adventures of Sabrina oh, same. type. Same, same. I don't know if you if you saw this that we posted on pronouns may vary, but um, we made or I did. I hyperfixated and did this one day a couple weeks ago instead of instead of doing schoolwork. Um, but basically, it's like a huge a huge chart, and it's it's like six by six with different kinds of gaze. <laughs> you know, and and like within it is it's all creatures. So like a selkie is a cross between an earth gay and a sea gay. Interesting. So kind of like the chaotic, neutral, yeah. that kind yeah. of thing, but it's with that kind of a chart, but with different okay. kinds of gay. So like so also speaking of sea creatures, a mermaid would be a, is a sea gay meets sparkly gay, mm. and a a kelpie is a sea gay meets eldritch gay yeah i'm gonna need to see this whole thing i'm gonna send it to you right now over twitter dms send you the tweet so that you can you can see it because it's very important to me this whole thing a kraken is a sea gay meets boulder gay boulder gays are basically like you know like strong strong gays gym gays but nature so they're boulder gays oh the things i'm learning from you this is how you know the teacher is always the student, Em. <laughs> Anna, I made that up for this chart. That's not a real thing, but I hope from now on it becomes one. Um, well, I believe it now, so. It should be. It's going to be real now because you're on this podcast making it so. That's true. That's true. So now you know. Now you know, friends. Boulder guys. Good times. Yeah. So, I mean, The Girl from the Sea, I love how... I love how light and fluffy it is because I don't read a lot of light books. And I was sitting there being like, gag me. This is so wholesome. And then I was like, no, but that's so nice. So tender. It's so tender and just delightful. And 
like just summery by the sea vibes. And that's just, you know, in the summer, that's exactly what I want. You yes. know, that's especially because my grandma's is by the sea. And so you're just waiting for your silky girl to come and find you. Oh my God. I just, I love, I was, I've been obsessed with selkies since reading Island of the Aunts by Eva Ibbotson. <gasps> Oh man, I haven't thought about that book for like 20 years. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so good. I'm, that's one of, she was one of my favorite authors as a kid. That, that kind of fantasy where, you know, it exists, it coexists with our world. The Secret of Platform 13 was the OG. Oh my gosh. It was, it was. Secret of Platform 13. It's, you had a portal at Platform 13 at King's Cross guarded by ghosts. It's called the Gump. And it was the whole thing. And there are all kinds of mythic beings and supernatural creatures there. And it's, it's perfect. I love everything Eva Ibbotson does. But Dead. She's dead. But yes. Yes. There's Selkies um, in that book, and which was one of my childhood favorites. And I reread it like every year. So I've probably read it like 70 times, honestly. And so I've been obsessed with Selkies ever since. So when I had heard about Girl from the Sea, I basically like had a gay panic attack. Because I was like, oh, my God. And also just, again, I just have a, I'm like, selfies are non-binary. They're not a seal. They're not a human. There's something in between. They kind of fluctuate. They're gender fluid or like person fluid in that way. And I just feel, I feel very strongly about it. And I feel most at home by the sea. So that's why. And on that chart, I tag myself as a selfie. Oh, that's perfect. I can't wait to see this. Yeah, I just love that, you know, you kind of know everything that's going to happen in this book. You know, it's a teen girl who's feeling a little awkward around her friends. And then she, you know, a mysterious person like saves her from drowning and then disappears. And then another mysterious person shows up in town and like, hmm. And oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's very. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember that movie Aquamarine? I wrote in my Goodreads review, <laughs> Mariko and Jillian Tamaki meets Aquamarine is this book. Yes, that's exactly what it is in the absolute best of ways. But you're exactly right. It's one of those where you know how things are going to end, but it's so nice to see how that happens. And yes. you know that you're not going to be too worried ever, that things are going to turn out okay, but it's still like full of delightfully queer awkwardness that we all know and love. Yeah, it was so well done. And I did relate the way that she does the group texts from all of the friends. Oh, yes. Oh, it's perfect. And it has like everything you see in a TV movie, just the like, now there's some evil people who are like polluting the island, like just, it is every beat of every both good and like really derivative summertime you know, TV movie and it's perfect and I really love that none of the friends are like these horrible like there's never a you have to choose your friends or being queer yep. you know like there's a little tension because everyone 15 has like tension <laughs> but yeah. yeah in the end it's like we can all like have our own separate lives and our friend lives so yep I was very like I wasn't sure how Monster Tag was going to do the seal transformations but so speaking back to that, but it's so well done where the seal skin is kind of like when she's, you know, more human than seal, the seal skin's kind of like filmy or like a like a blanket, like a, a like a gossamer kind of a blanket that's sort of, you know, wrapped around her. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, it's gorgeous. There's this one one page I'm looking at right now on page two twenty one where the panel on the right it's she's mo- she's underwater and it's mostly a seal, but she's pulled the friend's blanking in everyone's names right now because I'm so enthused. <laughs> Someone is in the water and she is saving 
her as a seal. And when she gets freaked out, she pulls down part of the seal skin so that you can see half of her face, her human face, and the hair, her hair is kind of floating in the water. And the girl's like, oh my gosh. And then it's like, okay, and gets saved. And it's nuts. It's just like so gorgeous. And the, the way like you can see her eye, her human eye, and then you, you see it. And then the other eye is like within the seal as still. It's so well done. It's so well done. And it's like clearly a seal eye and that's clearly a human eye, but like they still match up together. It's just gorgeous. It's quite a feat. It's very impressive. (laughs) People think graphic novels are simple. And I'm like, have you ever tried to read one? Because I can barely read one competently. I would never want to try and make one. Like they're so hard. It takes me like 30 times to read one to really take things in because it's just the the visual literacy and and competency required is just out of this world. And people don't realize it because they're just like, oh, pictures, that's fine. But, you know, there's actually a zillion things going on. So please take these seriously. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. What other ones did you want to tell people about? A lot. So, well, (laughs) if you're just talking about Molly Knox Ostertag, I mean, the the classic Nimona by Molly's spouse, Noelle Stevenson. Did you read that one? I did a long time ago. I very like vaguely remember it because I think I read it right around the time it came out. Mm-hmm. So I was just looking some stuff up to sort of refresh my memory because I don't have a copy with me. But basically, Nimona is this impulsive child that is trying to be the sidekick of this villain, Lord Blackheart, who's a really bad villain. He's never successful. It's like Dr. Doofenshmirtz level of failure. (laughs) And he's like, I don't want a sidekick. And she's like, I'm going to be your sidekick. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want a sidekick. And she's like, no, but I'm going to, I'm going to be your sidekick. And there's all these like mysterious things going on. And it turns out that she kind of shapeshifts into a dragon and, and her, you know, personality as a dragon is very different from her personality as a child. And it's just really interesting. They were supposed to be a movie and then Blue Sky Productions like was shut down by Disney or whatever. And so they're in the middle of making the film. And they're like, oh, never mind. Like, we'll just not make this clear animated film. Like, okay. What's going to happen is like 12 years from now, they're going to release it. And it's going to become this like cult weird thing where it's like just randomly going to appear on a streaming site someday with no fanfare and no tweet. And then just all of a sudden, all the whoever comes after the Zoomers are going to be like, what? They're like, what is this? Oh, my gosh. Basically, it'll happen. But yes, I'm looking at my Goodreads review. I read it in 2015. So I remember finding it enjoyable, but cannot tell you much about it beyond that. I don't love it as much as I love The Girl from the Sea, but I think it's fascinating. And it it was doing something very different for the t- for 2015. It feels like it, it sounds not so long ago, but in terms of how much has changed just in the world, and but especially in publishing, it was a long time ago. Like that was when you know, right when We Need Diverse Books was being founded. So it's just so interesting. And I actually, I actually don't know if, if Noelle's own gender diverse identity was was out and about at that time. So I just, I just don't know. But I, I wonder, thinking about this, this main character, who's a shapeshifter and kind of sort of wrestling with her, with her two selves, I, or multiple selves, I wonder if that was some of Noelle working through their own gender questions. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I don't know. Man, things have changed in six I years. I know. It's wild. It's bananas. 
So I also was thinking about an arc I got last summer, and then it is now lost in my storage unit, which is like the subtitle of this entire podcast. (laughs) But You Brought Me the Ocean by Alex Sanchez is Mm -hmm. a a pretty slim graphic novel, which is nice. And I didn't know this until like after looking into it, because I don't know anything. But it's like an origin story for a DC, like a minor DC superhero called Aqualad, which is a great name. Aqualad. Oh, my God. Right? Ooh, I just looked up the cover. I like it. I'm intrigued. It's gorgeous. And it sounds very like if you could take the Disney Channel original movie, My 13th Year, and make it gay. That's what it sounds like. Speaking of queer shape-shifting that that movie has a lot of latent queerness <laughs> i love that movie so so much so so much as you should it's amazing i need to go rewatch it now that in aquamarine gonna make a list i read aquamarine while i was at simmons actually in my fairy tale class i believe even though it's not at all based on a fairy tale that's amazing yeah so that is It's a very like kind of just as I'm coming in to understand myself as a possibly queer teen, which is like, and a a teen of color, like, which is Mm -hmm. plenty to do when you're 17. Like, that's enough. Plus you have like calculus. (laughs) I also have noticed that when I'm near water, like my body does weird things. Like the, like the H2O, just add water Australian TV show. That has been on my Netflix queue for like 10 years. I haven't, I used to, it used to, when it was like playing on TV in the States, I would, I would watch it with my sister. My sister was very into it. And I was just like, Ooh, mermaids. And this is (laughs) one of those other things we're looking back. It's like, Ooh, M was non-binary and queer all along. (laughs) But like, I need to go, I'm just going to make a list of all the, the mermaids and otherwise shape-shifting type things, but mostly mermaids because I'm near the ocean right now. And I just got to watch all of these and be like queer 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 well you know what does it overtly that i've been watching lately like very like five years late to the game is the show siren what's that okay so it was on freeform because freeform was like really killing it with the bold type and all that so i guess it was unfairly canceled with which you know what else is new when you have a bunch of it's like mostly people of color but still in a like sort of quote-unquote white-ish show you know Gil Birmingham is in it and between him and Adam Beach they've played like at least half of the like 500 plus (laughs) recognized tribes but yeah so it's like it's a mermaid show but it's you know Pacific Northwest these people are you know just living their lives but they live in a small town that kind of like gets its tourist dollars by being like the home of a guy who, you know, my ship crashed and I was saved by a mermaid and then I founded this town kind of, which is like a very New England thing. Except that it's is such a New England thing. And that's where I am. <laughs> right? so I really need to watch it. Right. And, and except it takes place in the Pacific Northwest, but it's totally a New England vibe in that way. I'm going to pretend it's New England regardless. It has Rena Owen in it, who I love. She's like a very soothing, strong person. Because I saw ones for warriors and was shell shocked, but so impressed. I come from a family of sailors, so and oh. we sail. Oh my god, you're gonna love this show so much. One of the reasons I'm so fascinated by mermaids and selkie because I'm like, ooh, I spent lots of time on the water, and also I definitely believe in there being things exist existing that I have no idea about because, like, I barely know anything, just in general. Yes. So anyway, that was such a long sidebar. So that's You Brought Me to the Ocean by Alex Sanchez. So you got like a little, you know, queer romance and a little bit of like, oh my God, what is happening to my body? Which is 
you know, kind of the quintessential teen struggle, but then you add like supernatural. I am familiar. Yeah. What else you got? So I feel like we should talk about the magic fish next because we're, you know. Since we're still underwater. We're still underwater. Ha ha ha. Like the, the cover of this, this book is genius. I know we've, we've, I've said that like five times probably about like all these books, but oh my gosh, this cover. It is beautiful. This entire book is just it's so beautiful. The color is so gorgeous and how it's like a section of the book is a little, it's like kind of all like overwashed in green and another section yep. is kind of all overwashed in orange. Like, oh, and then purple oh my God. and pink and yes. it's just like, I love that. I love that it's so much. I think thematically gorgeous. and like tonally, it's such like an interesting decision. Yes. But like it, it works. It works so well. Cause I'm like, yeah. oh, look at this. Look, there's lots of, in this section, there's lots of fantasy stuff. Of course that's purple. What color right. would it be? It's not purple. <laughs> that's, the, that's the correct one. Yes. Oh man. It's such a clever idea. Like just, really you is. know, I don't know how to tell my parents that I'm gay. How can I do this? Both because I just have to figure out how to do it because I'm a person. And then also because like culturally, you know, like my parents are immigrants and I, you know, so they have mm-hmm. the language barrier of, I speak more English than Vietnamese. My parents speak more Vietnamese than English and there's no word for gay in Vietnamese apparently. Oh, And it's one of those books that I think like I thought it was beautiful and I'm sure I only got half of it because there's so much in there with like Vietnamese folklore and fairy tales that I'm sure if you know those, it's going to be even more of like a rich reading experience. But yeah. So he just uses like the fairy tales they know to try to explain how he is like the magic fish. I'm looking at the, um, at the back matter right now. And so he was sort of borrowing from a couple of different fairy tales. So uh, it says, I picked two relatives of the Cinderella fairy tale. The one is a German one, and I'm not going to try to pronounce these words because I'll butcher it. So it's a German kind of Cinderella fairy tale and then a Vietnamese one. And they're both, you know, loose, loose adaptations. And so the idea of having this like Western tale versus an Eastern tale. It's a really interesting tension. Yes. Like the tropes within and the how the narrative structures differ. But yeah, so that's that's what a lot of this is saying. I'm just giving because I, I read this weeks ago, which means that I've read a thousand books since then. Yep. <laughs> yep. I read it in February. So I'm like, I remember it was pretty. I can't tell you a lot about it, except there's, yeah, this like recurring character who like dreams of becoming someone else and then keeps like shifting. And yeah. Yep. Oh, it says the, yeah, the last fairy tale is a reworking of Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid, which makes sense. Right. It's so cool. It's a really interesting way of like, of using tales that were maybe like subtextually queer to tell an overtly queer story. All fairy tales are queer. There we go. There's your second thesis. Not that I have an agenda. (laughs) Yes. So that's what I have as far as queer and the sea. But do you want to share some of your other like favorite graphic novels with queer, somewhat human or shape-shifting or half-human or whatever things for people to look at? Yes. So Anya's Ghost by Vera Brogdahl came out in 2011 and, you know, several starred reviews, very, very critically acclaimed. And the cover is, I keep saying I love the covers, but I love the cover art because (laughs) she is just like frowning and rolling her eyes. And we never get to see female characters do things like that on covers and be visibly annoyed. 
And so I love that. So it's gorgeous. It's in it's in grayscale, but the grayscale of it is like a very faintly purpley gray. And so even though it's like under, you know, under a lot of lighting, it just looks like it's grayscale black and white, but the gray is actually just very slightly tinged purple, which I always forget about until I open it up again. And I just I just love that so much. Basically, main character falls down a well really early on because she's mad and stomping off into the woods. And she's there for like two days and there's a skeleton in there and, and there's a ghost who's like, hello. And she Anya like freaks out because she's at the bottom of a well and there's a skeleton and a ghost. But then she can only stay where her near where her bones are. But before Anya gets rescued, she sneaks her tiniest like pinky bone into Anya's bag. And so that she goes. And so then the ghost can go wherever Anya's going. <laughs> and they, and Anya is not pleased. But basically, Anya is so prickly, which again, we just never get to see. And I don't know. I just, I just love that. And the, the facial expressions are <laughs> amazing. Content warning just for some body image issues with Anya. But I love the ghost. Love the ghost. I always love ghosts because I totally believe in ghosts also. But another, so another ghost one <laughs> is, moving on, is Taproot. And this, it's the tagline is a story about a gardener and a ghost. And it's by Kizzy Young. And it's, speaking of wholesome, like the, the girl from the sea, it is so wholesome. The cover, it's, it's two um, mask, M-A-S-C dot people. It's a ghost hugging a gardener from behind and they both have soft little smiles. It's very like Frodo Samwise-esque in that way. But I put a bookmark into this one line of dialogue, which says ghosts aren't disturbances, just in-betweeners. And I was like, that sounds like a very queer thing to say. Very much like we're not, our bodies aren't disturbances. We're not, we're not monstrous bodies. We're just in-betweeners. We're, not heteronormative or cis heteronormative um and it's like it's mostly greens with some sort of pale peaches and grays except for when they're in sort of like a ghost world and that's obviously very dark but it's like the girl from the sea it's just very very soft and there are several adorable ghost characters that i would protect with my life you know i don't think not that they need it because they're already dead but it's so beautiful <laughs> and it just makes my makes my heart like do like the Grinch growing three sizes thing they're just they're so in love I love them so that's another one and um Witch Light I haven't read yet it's by Jesse Zabarski and the witches obviously and I haven't read it yet but it's on my list and so if other people have read it I want to know what what they think and then changing gears to werewolves but also a witch so moon cakes which is by Suzanne Walker and illustrated by Wendy um, Zhu. I may have pronounced her name wrong, and I am very apologetic if I did. But the main characters are Nova, a queer, hard-of-hearing witch, and her childhood crush, Tam, who is a non-binary werewolf with, like, little fuzzy ears, little werewolf ears going on when, when they're a human being. And also very wholesome and just very much, you know, very much talking about the interplay of... So this is this is actually an on-page non-binary shapeshifter, not just the shapeshifter who I'm like shapeshifting is non-binary and queer. So therefore, this is one that is like, hello, I'm non-binary. Yes, and I just 
it's one of the first non-binary characters I ever read. So I loved him so much. And Nova's Nova lives with her grandmas who are, you know, uh, two grandmas who are, who are married and they're both witches. And it's just all very, very wonderful. And I love it so much. Um, and then one that I'm really, really excited for, which also is werewolves, is the upcoming graphic novel Squad by Maggie Takuda Hall. And it's illustrated by Lisa Stirl. And that is about a squad of teenage werewolves who get revenge on the high school boys that commit sexual assault by murdering them. Sometimes I condone murder and this would be... <laughs> this would be one of those times. Right? It's like how I like Saw 6 because it's, you know, all the victims are health insurance executives. And like, <laughs> 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 uh, but I'm really excited. I'm, Maggie's debut novel, The Mermaid, The Witch, and the Sea, came out last year. So that also has mermaids and... And non-binary people. Yeah, and a bi-gender POV character. And so I'm really interested to see what's happening in Squad and if there's any specific on-page gender stuff going on or if it's just me, again, being like, werewolves are queer. (laughs) (laughs) They just are. They just are. I feel like that's a really lovely end. Like, werewolves are just queer. So thank you so, so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Hannah. Thank you to today's sponsors for making the show possible. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at shgmclicious. And M, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at M-L-E Reads. So like M-L-E-R-E-A-D-S. Basically everywhere. That's, that's, where, that's what I am. It's good that we do that now instead of when I was in middle school and you had 12 different email addresses every time you came up with a cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but also if, if you were intrigued my, by me constantly being like, this is queer, this is non-binary, please follow us at Pronouns May Vary on Twitter and Instagram as well. Yes, do it. Well, Tirza and I will be back next week with a full episode. And until then, happy reading. Happy reading.